listening to the Myers and Stroop podcast. Your source for poor advice. Yeah, duh. Let's go with me. Useless information. Works for me. And oh, uh, did we mention fantasy football? With your hosts, Nate Myers and Tony Stroot. Fourteen unique people that have listened to our podcast. So I didn't even know we we had fourteen friends. That's um, like seven more people than I would have expected, including the two of us. <laughs> so apparently, everyone's buying into this uh, the plethora of useless facts and and knowledge <laughs> and uh, a little bit of fantasy football stuff. And I would like to pride myself on being full of useless knowledge. So uh, that's that's what I am here to offer. Yeah. Well, in terms of my services, all I'm here for is to let you go. And I just <laughs> kind of reel you in within like two minute uh, time constraints. So. <laughs> but with so, that, uh, do you want to start with any any league announcements in terms of what we got going on with some of our league members? I know there's been some events going on. Uh, at least anything worth shouting out. Oh, I mean, it, it's July 25th. Uh, there's not a whole lot happening this time of the year, but uh, you mentioned we do have a few kind of outside of the world of fantasy announcements you wanted to kind of give uh, give some shout outs and props to. Yeah, I know the the first one uh, is congrats to Andrew. I know Andrew plays in our D12 league, uh, and he's playing in the I guess the Guillotine league, correct? He's in guillotine. He's in uh, STDD as well, right? Yeah, and yeah, STDD. Um, so he's got three of our leagues, um, but him and his wife just recently had their their second child. Um, they they had it after we actually recorded our our first podcast. So big shout out to them. That's a pretty cool deal. Uh, healthy baby girl. So that's awesome, man. We'll probably be seeing less of him in fantasy football now. Um, that's kind of the <laughs> the death sentence to fantasy, but uh, I wish the best to him and his his family. That's awesome. Well, uh, congrats on the sex, Andrew. Good work, buddy. <laughs> Success. <laughs> and I think the the second one I noticed. I'm not sure if you know anything more about it, but with Victor Garcia, I I, I saw the uh, the Facebook status last night. Yeah, he did uh, earn his citizenship finally. So after. I know that's a lengthy, kind of frustrating process. He, he finally kind of got approval of uh, all the paperwork and everything. So he is officially a U.S. citizen as of yesterday, I believe. So he officially knows more about the U.S. government than we do. That is a safe assumption. I, I, I've seen some of the questions <laughs> they ask and all the, all the content that you're supposed to learn for, uh, for gaining citizenship. And it's kind of well above and beyond anything that we went through in high school and college. So... Yeah, mucho props for, for even going through that in the first place and also finally just kind of being awarded that uh, that right. I, I know that's something that a lot of us around here take for granted, but I know if you're coming from afar, that's a, a lengthy pain-in-the-ass process to go through. So kudos for finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel on that, man. Yeah, it's badass. And hopefully, you know, if we start doing some or bringing in owners every now and then, maybe that's something you can touch on uh, aside from his uh, – his personal fantasy football uh, take on some certain things and kind of his, how he approaches uh, really owning his teams. But uh, that said, is there any other outside of fantasy football announcements that you want to touch on or we, is that pretty much wrap it up? That kind of wraps it up on, on my side. I do want to go back to Victor though. I, I think as a partial means of celebration, that guy has been back in, trade mode uh i don't know if you've heard <laughs> four hours i've gotten trade requests from him in both hybrid flex already uh which we just finished drafting like last week so we can talk touch on that here soon and also d12 so he, he's he's going through all of his leagues i'm sure trying to look at ways to kind of tweak his roster and improve and the the thing i kind of like about victor is that he's he always gives reasonable trade requests he doesn't say give me Saquon Barkley for, for my, my backup kicker. It, it's always a, a legit trade. Uh, and it's, they're both of them. They're, they're both making me think. Uh, I, I think one of them, I'm probably going to end up doing some variation of it. Might have to do some, some small tweaks on, but uh, have you heard from him on any leagues as he's been trying to make some trades with you too? 
Uh, I think, you know, historically, Victor and I, I mean, we've, we've traded uh, a fair share uh, over the past few years. You know, and I, I think I, I share the same sentiment that, uh, you know, he's a fair trader and he handles it a lot like myself. You know, he'll, he'll come in, uh, you know, I guess in my personal opinion, uh, a little bit uh, under uh, what he would want to pay, uh, which makes sense uh, not to oh, right. reveal all his cards. Um, and then, you know, he'll allow some back and forth and he's, he's realistic, you know, and, you know, sometimes you both walk away and nothing happens or other times you kind of keep working at it and you find a deal. Um, but I have, I have received some communication from him in the hybrid <laughs> flex league and it, and it's, a, it's that exact same situation. You know, it's like you brought something to the table and, we have some back and forth and we'll see if anything happens. Uh, it might dissolve or it might turn into something. So. Well, uh, you're running the show here today. How do you want to kind of uh, tackle everything here? I mean, there's the, there's our leagues, uh, there's NFL news, there's the kind of hypothetical stuff like uh, the, the new vampire league that Andrew brought up not too recent or not too long ago. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Well, I say let's let's pop off on some NFL news just to keep it fresh for everyone, and then we can maybe shift into you know quick updates on our leagues, chat about Vampire, and just really anything else that we want to touch on. Well, uh, training camps just got started this week. Uh, I think before that, though, I think the biggest news, fantasy wise at least, is uh, probably Tyreek Hill uh, finding out there's very likely no suspension for him. Uh, in a lot of uh, like mock drafts and everything I've been doing earlier this summer, he, he was like a fifth round, sixth round pick. And I, I think going back to if he's going to play the whole season on that Chiefs offense, the guy's probably a, a wide receiver one, two, three. He's right up there with the DeAndre Hopkinses and Odell Beckhams of the world. Uh, I mean, what does that do for him in terms of fantasy kind of potential for you? Um, I mean, I think obviously, I mean, that, that announcement that there's going to be no suspension or, or no time off for him, I think was a, a huge, huge ruling, you know, his ability to, to really get yards and score touchdowns is pretty amazing. I mean, he's, he's working with the youngest and probably one of the most prolific quarterbacks that we we've seen in a long time in Mayhomes. Um, and with him having that suspension reduced, I think it's, I mean, we know what Tyreek Hill can do. Um, on the flip side, though, that's, that's what I felt the biggest impact was, is not how does it help Tyreek, but how does it hurt the other players? And, you know, I think the first it hurts is for every single poor soul that took that ta- that that risk and drafted uh, Eli's Hardman. Eli's ever even listen to this uh, thing. Eli Peace took uh, Nicole Hardman. Number three overall in our uh, our D twelve uh, dynasty league, and I thought that was a reach, but I was like, okay, you know what? If they cut Tyree Kill, because they were talking about that, because Tyree Kill news but, uh, came out on the, the first round of the NFL draft, it was like an hour before the draft started, and I was thinking, holy crap, this guy might get cut from the team, and this guy's career might not be might be over. But since then, a lot of other news has come down the pipeline. It's not nearly as bad as they initially thought. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like he's not going to be even suspended a single game. Uh, they, they drafted Nicole Hardman in the second round, and a lot of people thought he was the, the Tyreek Hill Jr. that was going to take over that, that number one receiver role on, on the Chiefs. And we did our, our, a couple of our dynasty rookie drafts right after the, right after the NFL draft. And, uh, yeah, Eli bit hard on that. I think he's a Chiefs fan anyway, so I think him going in on Hardman with the uh, the number three overall pick really is going to kind of come back to bite him. They had a lot of other players who are looking a lot more promising now between David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, uh, Paris Campbell, DK Metcalf, and with a guy who might be a, a, a fringe wide receiver three, wide receiver four on the Chiefs at best for another couple of years, uh, I think he's going to really regret that pick. Yeah, I mean, I think at the time it was potentially a 
it, it was a risky decision, you know, but uh, now it's, I'd be very surprised if that, if he provides any sort of fantasy impact, you know, I think whenever the the news broke on Tyreek Hill that there was a potential looming suspension, you know, I was all in on Sammy Watkins too. He was a player I was, I was targeting and trying to buy if I didn't have him already because he just, he has that potential um, and he has that quarterback and somebody's going to have to take those targets. But uh, with Tyreek now available, I'm still kind of big on Watkins just due to the fact that, you know, Tyreek's going to pull all the, all the coverage, all the attention. He's probably going to be double teamed, triple teamed which opens up Watkins uh, to still get a significant amount of targets. You know, be, I would love to see what that guy can do uh, with a full season of being healthy and knowing the system and having uh, some sort of uh, relationship built with Mahomes. Uh, so, I mean, I think the winner is definitely Tyreek and all the owners that, that got him uh, on a discount uh, when things were looking gloom. Um, obviously, there's still some risk if he was to ever get popped for anything. But uh, the, the definite loser would be those that, that took that chance with Miko, uh hoping that he was going to be well, that, I think, that I mean, a lot of the times when you have a team with a lot of offensive weapons, because uh, I'm a Colts fan, I always use the Colts as the example. And this year might be kind of more of the same with that. When you have five different guys, six different guys who, who can go for 150 yards and three touchdowns in any given week, like the Chiefs where they have with – I mean, you can even mention Travis Kelsey – on top of Sammy Watkins, on top of Tyreek, on top of Damian Williams coming out of the out of the backfield. Uh, really, you just go for the quarterback. I mean, he, he's going to get points every time he throws the ball. It doesn't matter who it's to. Uh, a guy like Patrick Mahomes with a full set of weapons, again, with another year of experience, is just going to be fucking ridiculous. It's the only way you can really sum that up on a team like that. Well, in terms of, I mean, since we're talking about the Chiefs, and I'm actually been surprised. I know in the D12 uh, Dynasty League we play in, uh, it's actually Chris Lindanger that uh, has almost his entire team is made up of Chiefs. Um, and then I believe in hybrid flex, is it, is it Clayton that has? Jared Who is it that has? Not Clayton. Who is it that is pretty much the – okay, okay, okay. Okay, so he's he's all in on – on essentially the Chiefs. So I find it interesting that, you know, you have these, these owners that have all these these Chiefs players, and last year it paid off. Um, and this year, I mean, I'm kind of curious to know what happens in the running back position as well between Damian Williams and right. you still have Carlos Hyde there looming that, you know, they dropped some cash on. And he's still – I know he's not – uh, this, this, the hotness, you know, that is just coming into the league. But I mean, that dude can do some things, and he did some things in San Francisco. Um, and he's, I mean, he's still a talented player. And I don't think Kansas City would have brought him in just to let him sit on the bench oh, and watch. Daniel going play. over to the other NFL news, I, I know we got to talk about more fantasy stuff here. Just go, just kind of summing up everything. Uh, Zeke Elliott, Michael Thomas. Melvin Gordon, all three guys are kind of doing their own things right now. They're they're not reporting to their teams for training camp, uh, wanting new new contracts on uh, on their their playing, and uh, that's kind of what it seems like the NFL is shifting toward now, especially with running backs where they have such a short shelf life. Uh, they want to get paid before their careers run out. And uh, Le'Veon Bell did it last year; ended up just sitting out the entire 2018 season. Got a new deal with the Jets this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on on those guys kind of waiting around and, and playing a game of chicken with their, uh, their their team's GMs waiting to get that new contract? Yeah, so I think, you know, I think Michael Thomas will get his deal. I think that's just a matter of time. Everything I've read, it's pretty much he just doesn't want to risk injury during the training camp phase, at least right now. And, you know, they want him on the field. I think he understands that that's the best place for him to be is there with Breeze. Um, and he's, you know, in all honesty, he's worth the money. Um, and I think they'll get that ironed out. Uh, Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, you know, I think that's something where I can see that lasting a bit longer because he's got some injury history. 
you know, when he was out last year, the Chargers actually performed better. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if that one pushes out longer than expected. I mean, I, I hope that doesn't turn into a, a Le'Veon Bell situation because, you know, in my opinion, I, I feel like that was a, a poor choice on Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell's part. Um, I think it kind of backfired on him. Um, but I can see the same thing happening with Melvin Gordon. I mean, what's, what's your take on him? Giving his injury history, uh, I, I don't think that it's going to come out very well for him. I mean, ultimately, he, doesn't, he wants to extend his career and he wants to get into that long-term contract where he can get four years, $55 million, uh, $30 million guaranteed, that sort of thing. But I, I think in his personal individual situation, I don't think the Chargers are in any, any situation where they want to give that to him. They've already got uh, Austin Eckler as a very solid kind of change of pace, pass catching back. Justin Jackson last year already kind of showed that he's capable of being at least a, a competent replacement. Uh, maybe not the same level of uh, skill as Melvin Gordon, but he's at least a, a cheap option that they have in the background. Uh, I don't think the Chargers are going to pay for him. They might try to shop him around to see if anybody else wants him. But, I mean, you can pay for a – you can either get a highly skilled cheap guy and trade a draft pick for him on a rookie deal, or if you want to uh, pay a lot of money for him, then you get him a free agency. I don't think the Chargers are going to be able to trade him for any assets to another team where they have to give up both either a draft pick or another player or whatever and a big contract and a big hit to the salary cap. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation for everybody involved. So I don't think it's going to end up positively for, for pretty much anybody involved. I agree with you. and I mean, we, we can say sure. all this and watch him sign, you know, tomorrow. But uh, or get a new deal tomorrow. You never know. This league's crazy uh, with the dynamics. But you know, I guess shifting to uh, another, I'd say more prolific running back uh, with Zeke Elliott in Dallas. I mean, what's what's your take? What do you, what do you feel? Is well, the, the news with him, at least for me, is new. I didn't hear anything that he was talking about holding out until just today, where he uh, did not get on the plane with everybody else to go to training camp in California or whatever's going on. So. I, I kind of get it where he's ready for more money. He wants to get off that rookie contract and get his $13, $14 million a year. I get it. Uh, but at the same time, the, the the Cowboys have one of the top three, top four offensive lines in the league, and pretty much anybody with a, a pulse is going to be able to run for 1,500 yards on that offense. Uh, Zeke is better than damn near everybody in the league. I think we can all agree on that. But, I, again, I don't know if the – Cowboys are going to give him a deal earlier than they have to. Uh, they might call his bluff and say, hey, you can play out for another season or what, whatever he's got left on his contract. I think he's got one more year. Uh, and then you can, then we can start talking a new deal. But if you want to wait out now, then you're a free agent. They can cut his ass next year and do a Le'Veon Bell all over again next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, I don't know, Denver, or not Denver, Dallas, I, I think they'd be foolish. Um, you know, that dude's a beast. Um, and watching him play, I mean, he's, he is a freak, man. Like, to be that, that three-down back, you know, to, to be able to sustain the hits and to give the hits and to do what that guy can do is, I mean, it's pretty damn impressive. Like, he's just a, when you see the way that he lines up, uh, and runs with the ball. It's completely different than watching, you know, running backs for other teams. He's just, man, he makes things happen. And I think, you know, when you pair that with, uh, you know, some weaker quarterback play, and you know, I know that they brought in Cooper, and he had some some flashes last year. But when you take out Elliott, that that system and that that offense just seems to sputter, and you know, with Jerry Jones always looking for the answer to get them back to the Super Bowl, I definitely think that uh, not paying probably one of the best running backs in the league right now uh, is a stupid decision. Um, you know, and I guess at the end of the day, it's a business. So they could say, fuck it, and we're going to, you know, operate like a business. But 
at the end of the day, you want to win. You want fans in the seats. and that's well, Admittedly, I haven't looked up what the Cowboys cap situation is like, but I'm generally they're pretty much broke. So I, I don't know if they have much money that they can even spare on a, uh, a, a bigger contract at this point, but that's something to at least take into consideration at this point. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I know I know they just released Alan Hearns. I'm not sure what his uh, cap or what, what he was eating into their, their salary cap. So I don't know if that was a means of freeing up, you know, an extra $3 million uh, or, or something just to, you know, maybe somebody will – will restructure as well. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, we'll figure out, I'm sure, over the next couple well, of weeks what's In the interest of keeping this under one hour tonight, uh, I'd say let's move over to, to our fantasy leagues. Uh, we just finished our hybrid flex draft. Uh, for anybody who's not in that league and is listening, well, first, God bless you for even paying attention to us. Uh, secondly, that was a 25-round draft. And just to kind of sum it up, I, we, we always, I always wanted to do a kind of a hybrid auction draft and snake draft. Uh, auction for the first eight rounds to kind of fight over the best players where in, in a snake, you're kind of required to take a, a player in a certain range. In an auction, you can go after any combination of players that your budget can, can sustain. Uh, so we did eight rounds of a snake, of an auction, and then the final 17 rounds were a snake draft. And... Nate, I don't know about you. I like my team, man. I mean, what, what do you think about yours? Uh, I, I love it. I mean, I definitely – you can, and I know we talked or touched on this briefly last podcast, but uh, everybody had different strategies, and mine was definitely, uh, you know, not to reveal too much, but fuck it. Um, you know, I, I'm more of a, a win later, not win now. Um when you look at the, I guess, let me step back. My goal was to get young talent and to get guys that will be able to, by year two or three of this five-year endeavor, are going to be the go-to guys. Um, so for me personally, I mean, I was able to capture, uh, you know, six of the top ten. 2019 rookies um, on my team, um, if not more, depending on how you, you take the rankings, uh, which was I I was my I was mind blown. I felt like I I just robbed somebody um, that I was able to do that. I mean, and it, they could all bust. I mean, you know just as well as me. You know, you you draft the little Quan Treadwells. Oh, who's the other cat that oh fuck Trent Richard Trent Richardson who's the other guy that just got he was playing on uh the Patriots last year and just got moved away he was in the same class as Treadwell um he was like the gadget player he's running oh. back and wide receiver well, I just oh, like I know who you're talking about though what's up that guy that guy that guy there's a reason why we don't remember his name um, but you know, it sounds great drafting all these, these top or, you know, assumed top 10 rookie players, but they could all bust, um, or they could all hit. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I felt great about it. The same as you, I mean, I'm happy with my team and now it just comes down to, you know, trading or seeing how these players evolve over training camp and if they get some hype or if, if some of these players pop off in the first few weeks of the season, if that increases my tradeability, uh, I don't know. I mean, are you, are you going for any sort of? I'm definitely not trying to lose. Season? I'm not expecting to do well this season, though. The first year, I'm thinking it'll be a, probably a, a middle of the pack kind of team. Uh, I've got a couple of young guys. I've got a couple of old guys. I've got a kind of a good balance of uh, top to bottom. Uh, a lot of it depends on just how some of these lottery tickets that I'm kind of gambling on toward the end of the draft, if they pay off or not. A lot of them are undrafted rookies that might not even make the roster here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but if they do, they could be this year's uh, Philip Lindsay. Uh, those, those guys who come out of nowhere and turn into a RB1 by, by the third week of the season. But uh, I'd like to think that I did some educating on a lot of those guys. 
trade up these guys just because of the timing of the draft. Uh, I think got to significantly higher or lower today. Tyreek Hill went for fifteen dollars in our auction. I mean, just for comparison, DeAndre Hopkins went for fifty-five. Odell Beckham went for fifty-seven dollars. The guys in the same ballpark as Tyreek Hill were DJ Moore for fifteen dollars and T.Y. Hill seventeen dollars. I think anybody in their right mind, knowing the the knowing what they know now, the highlights twenty twenty. Uh, if they did that draft now, those guys would have gone for a significantly significantly different uh, amounts. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, not to go back to Tyreek Hill, I think there still would have been a little bit of hesitation just due to this being a dynasty format and knowing that, you know, even though they didn't find evidence and the league didn't suspend him, there's still kind of that, that you know, for lack right. of better words, kind of taint hovering around. So if some, something else were to come up, there's a good chance that the punishment would be pretty severe. So, you know, in a season long uh, for a redraft league, I mean, I mean, definitely in hindsight, you know, it'd be like, fuck, man, I wish I would have got that guy. Uh, but for a five-year uh, super flex, you know, it, it, he definitely would have got correct, for yeah. more than, what, $15, he said? Yeah, probably more like the 45 to to $50 range, I would think. Um, well, I've done a ton of analysis of usually shitty, bad data that's probably going to blow up in my face and make me look like a dumbass here in about two months, but that's what I do. Uh, Nate, I, I gave you a lot of that feedback, just the entire league, a lot of the feedback on Slack on kind of where these players rank in, in different sets of rankings, uh, which ones are big reaches, which ones are definitely underrated and will probably be really strong picks. Are there any picks that stood out to you in that draft of saying, damn, that's actually a pretty smart choice. I didn't think about him. Uh, or, man, you took him 10, 10 rounds earlier than anybody else would have. Um, I'm trying to think of, of picks that, that caught me off. Um, there were, I guess, a, a couple picks that – I was impressed with other people potentially um, being on top of. Um, and I think that one was uh, with the Washington Redskins um, with their wide receiver um, situation. Cause I mean, we know that last year they, they didn't really have anybody uh, a solid at all. You know, you had Josh Dotson who's kind of been, a bit of yeah. a has been a major disappointment, um, to say the least. Um, but you know, I think with the drafting of uh, Kelvin Harmon and also Terry McLaurin, I think those two players, specifically Terry McLaurin, just got a lot of hype through training camp. Um, you know, he has that ability, you know, and I think that was a, a solid pick. Um, and I think Kelvin Harmon has the equal ability to to be able to do that as well, uh, to ascend to that, um, really that, that, that number one spot. I think it's up in the air uh, at this point in time. Um, I think another one was the Baltimore Ravens uh, and their wide receivers, you know, I, I think everybody's going for Hollywood Brown, but I, I think Miles Boykin, um, and I'm not saying that just simply because uh, I believe I was, I, did I, I think I was able to snag him um, in our hybrid, in our hybrid flex, but uh, he's another guy that was just a fucking freak at the combine. Um, you know his, what he was able to do just blew every single wide receiver out of the water. Um, will it translate? Well, I mean, he's got Willie Sneed uh, to compete with and rookie Marquise Brown. You know, aside from that, there's nobody. You know, you've got a young Lamar Jackson who, granted, you know, I'm not sure how many passes he's going to be throwing. But uh, those were some 
some interesting picks. I think there was a was it a you made a, a comment about it in Slack. It was a was it a backup running back for Jacksonville that you said I might. Be, oh right, uh, I can't think of his name. Yeah, the, the rookie time. running back that the the Jags drafted. I thought that might be somebody you wanted because uh, you already took Fournette earlier in the draft. I thought that might be somebody you back, back around in case yeah. I got injured. Ra- Ra- Raquel said that's right Raquel Armstead um so I'm actually looking him up in player profiler right now just to see what his comparable is um I didn't even know who the fuck that guy was <laughs> <laughs> but uh he's a I mean his comparable player that they uh they say that he's like let's see here's Lamar Miller so um, I didn't. I didn't realize, uh, you know, he was pretty solid with his his call statistics. He's that five eleven, two twenty kind of stereotypical. I mean, that's that perfect, perfect height, perfect weight, um, kind of like that Terrell Davis build, you know. Um, so who knows? I mean, we'll see what happens with Fournette, um, but you know, maybe I hope that's not a sneaky pick that. I just didn't see at all. Um, but, you know, who knows? I mean, that, that's something that kind of caught me off a little bit. I think um, in terms of the rest of the picks, I mean, with this being super flex, what I was kind of paying attention to was when all these quarterbacks were going uh, and who was going when. And, you know, the ones that – the guys that were able to pull the Drew Lock or the uh, the locks that were able to pull – um, who was the other one that uh, who was it from Mason the back Rudolph, from yeah. Pittsburgh Mason Rudolph I mean he, he went so late but I mean I feel like he is the heir apparent uh, in Pittsburgh whenever uh, Roethlisberger decides to, to to take a step back and retire um, so those were some things I mean, well, what, I'll do some roster baiting for you that uh you pick two. Well, you, well, you pick two picks after me in Great. one round, and two picks before me in the next round. So, I thought I was doing pretty good at tight end because I already took OJ Howard in the auction. I, I was waiting for a good tight end too. And for a league like this, I mean, for for anybody who doesn't really kind of keep track of this, tight ends really don't perform worth of two shits in their rookie year, and usually not even in their second year. It's usually like year three when they really start to kind of figure it out because they have to learn both the blocking schemes and the receiving routes uh, on that offense. It's a lot more complicated than a lot of us give us credit for. So a guy like Eric Ebron, for example, never really figured it out with, uh, with the Detroit lions. He finally got it figured out with the Colts in year five. Uh, a lot of other guys, it's usually year two or year three in a league like this, where it has that five-year timeline drafting rookie tight ends is kind of perfect. And, uh, they had uh, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson largely considered the two best tight ends coming out of the draft in a half decade, if not longer. Uh, they were both drafted in the first round somewhere in the teens, if I remember correctly. And I thought I was going to be able to get one of them. Uh, you took, I believe, Fant uh, going into the 11th round. And I said, okay, shit, I got to get Hawkinson, the, the Lions tight end. Uh, nobody else thinks to grab him on the way back around on the other end of the snake. And sure enough, two picks before me, I'm like, okay, Nate decides to double down on these fucking rookie tight ends. And you really upset me, man. You, you took both of the dudes. And you took both of them <laughs> off my hands here. I was, I was very frustrated. I ended up settling for, for Dallas Goddard. It's not exactly a, a, a terrible consolation prize. I think he's going to be gigantic, uh, especially if the Eagles start doing that kind of two tight end sets like they were talking about doing kind of what they, what the Patriots did with, um, with Aaron Hernandez and Gronk back in the day. Uh, but I, I was really hoping to get one of these two guys because I think in about three years, they're probably going to be two of the top three or four tight ends in the NFL. Well, I, I agree with you. And, you know, in all honesty, I was torn when I got to that. Like, I know I want to know a fan because I feel like he's he might not ascend to the number one tight end spot in Denver this year. Um, but 
I think he's got that. He's got that ability. And maybe by year two, year three, you know, I can see him being that Jimmy Graham type, that, that athletic tight end, because they already have some pass blocking tight ends and run blocking tight ends. And I think he'll make a difference. But when it came around to me again, you know, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, so I've got, you know, pretty much what's considered uh, the top rookie tight end, uh, you know, essentially uh, in Hawkinson. Uh, or, you know, I did look at Dallas Goddard, and I'm, I'm big on that guy last year, and he actually helped me uh, win a league by getting by a couple weeks, um, you know, when Ertz was down or when he stole some touchdowns from Ertz. And at the end of the day, you know, I chose TJ just due to the fact that, you know, I felt Ertz is going to be there for a little bit, if not a year or two more. And that's still going to prevent uh, Goddard from really getting solid, solid playing time. And that Hawkinson will get that time he needs to to develop into that that number one uh, and that that top five tight end by potentially year two. Um, and I hope I'm surprised this year. Uh, we'll see. But uh, that's kind of logic behind that. I'm sorry I pissed you off, man. But uh, when you have those, like, those prospects just sitting there and nobody's picking them, and this is a five-year league and it's about young talent, and it was like, fuck, like, I, I, I've got to pick the best player available here. And like. It was, it was only, I think, there. one round later. <laughs> I think it was the them. 12th round that a uh, 35-year-old Delaney Walker and 37-year-old already retired and now returning back to the NFL, Jason Witten, were both taken one round later. Those guys might perform okay in, in 2019, but uh, I can't imagine they're going to be in the, the NFL for a whole lot longer. Well, I would say there, there were some trends in the, the draft, and we did have some – uh, some runs on positions like once I think once I'd be curious you have to check it out but I swear once I drafted Noah Fant I felt like there was a, a run of tight ends um, that they started going off the board and then next thing you know I mean almost everybody was gone um, there wasn't there wasn't shit else to to choose from um, and I mean, that's pretty typical, I guess, in drafts. You'll see runs, especially in quarterbacks, once they start going, everybody starts drafting them. And, you know, I, I think it's kind of fun to start that shit in drafts. Um, you know, you draft a quarterback, and then everybody's like, oh, fuck, I've got to draft a quarterback too. And to see those runs, because when it comes back around to you, you're just sitting there waiting to pick the, the best wide receiver available. Um, you know, but uh, we, in, in the twelfth round, uh, on that, the back of the snake coming back around, you took T.J. Hawkinson, Will took uh, Herb Smith, the uh, the Vikings rookie tight end. I took Goddard. Then he took Daniel Jones. He took the one quarterback uh, in this little snake. Uh, then Clayton took Delaney Walker, and Bobby took Jason Witten. So yeah, six, five tight ends in uh, six picks. So that's about as as big of a run as you can get on the position right there. <clears throat> yeah, and that was kind of, you know, the I would say the best of the last um of those of those tight ends. I mean, you probably start getting into like maybe the I don't know if like Mike Gazeki was picked already, but yeah, you have that type of caliber tight end that was probably still floating. I don't even know Victor if you took, uh Gizeki and um, um oh the the Panthers tight end. Uh I forget his name. Um Ian Thomas took them back back about four rounds later. Jazek mm-hmm. is another one of those guys that if he figures it out, I mean, he's going to be probably the, the number one receiver on that team because who else can you even name on, on the Dolphins besides, I guess, Kenny Stills? But, and they don't have a whole lot of other guys to catch a whole lot of balls from. So if Jazeki ends up figuring it out on that team, that's uh, going to be a pretty solid pick for him. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I was, I was very tempted to try to uh, pull the, the rookie tight end um, in Green Bay. Uh, what was that guy's name? He was from Texas A&M. I'm going to find him because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Yeah, Jay Sternberger. Yeah, so I I really I wanted him and I ended up going. I think I'll have to I know I ended up going with a young wide receiver uh instead. And then he literally went the next pick after me. Um so I think he's another guy that once Jimmy Graham moves on, uh he'll be a solid player. Um but I don't know. I mean overall I think the the draft was interesting. I feel good about my picks and I feel good about yours. I think everybody, even though our, our auction kind of started off uh, a bit hairy because of some players not being there. I think everybody was able to kind of fill out their rosters through the, the rest of the worth You took miles Boykin with that pick, by the way. So I don't think you were too upset about that. No. And that's, that's a player I thought I took, but I didn't want to say it and get called out. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's who I was torn between was Miles Borkin and Jay Sternberger, just cause, you know, I, I think that Rogers could have made it. I can make it at least five. Well, we're, we're 41 and a half minutes in right now, unless we cut out a 10 minute discussion about Tyree kill from earlier. Um, so I don't know. Everybody wants to hear I that. Only have about one of my teams, <laughs> so I'm kind of upset about that. If I had him on more more shares on other teams, I'd be more excited about it. But I'll get by, I guess. But going forward, though, uh, I mean, the guillotine league is almost filled up now. We've got 13 paid spots, including you. So thank you for joining, sir. Uh, I know a couple others are kind of on the fence. There's four open spots and five that are thinking about it. Plus, if anybody else wants to kind of sneak in there and kind of leapfrog everybody. Uh, cash is king, so whoever wants to pay up and claim one of those spots, 75 bucks. And uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun in that league. I don't know uh, if any – I don't actually, I'm pretty confident that none of us have done a league like this before where the team gets eliminated every single week and then uh, the waiver wire is going to be a complete disaster. And I'm kind of excited about that. I'm I'm really looking forward to filling this out and getting the draft going here in about a, one more month. Uh, see, besides that, there's the uh, the Vampire League uh, suggested by Andrew. Uh, he brought that up uh, about a week ago. Uh, the the concept is kind of kind of curious. Uh, I guess eleven teams do a regular snake draft. And then a 12th team designated the Vampire uh, must build a team from all the remaining undrafted players. And I mean, at the end of a draft, you're really not going to get that many decent guys. You're going to probably have eight or nine starting quarterbacks to pick from, and they're all going to be the Marcus Mariotas of the world. Uh, you're going to have a whole bunch of running backs and wide receivers that are backups and third stringers. And you just got to hope that the starters get injured, so they they move they move up to become relevant. That's the the James Connors, the Philip Lindsays of the world. Uh, same for wide receivers and tight ends. You might get lucky, and a team like the Bears defense comes out of nowhere and becomes a, a top top team. And the cool part though is that if you win, if you beat a team with your really shitty roster, if you just have a really good week, you can steal uh, any player, any starter on their team that you want and replace them with any anyone on your team. And theoretically, that can be a, a kicker. Yes, I guess, I guess you have to define the rules however, however we choose. Uh, but any, any, any of their starters for any of your starters. So I, I don't think we're going to mess with it this year just because I think everybody's already a little, uh, little backloaded with everything else, including Andrew, who, who just welcomed uh, another child into the world. Uh, but I, this is something we can at least kind of flesh out over the course of this season and, and next off season, what are your thoughts on this league, man? I, I, I'm intrigued by the idea. I, I just don't know if it would actually work out one way or the other. Either that vampire team is going to be just way too dominant and just beat everybody's ass, or if it's a year where there's no super superstars that emerge out of nowhere, then that team can go 0 and 13 or 0 and 14 and just be a complete dud. Yeah, I don't know how you would. I mean, I like the concept, and I remember hearing about it on another podcast, and I've I've heard it referred to as vampire leagues or like a, a zombie league. Um, and I I think it's cool. Um, in all honesty, like I wouldn't mind being the the vampire team, just because it's it's a fun. I think it'd be a fun challenge uh, to see what you can 
what you could do. Um, I think in payment structure, you'd have to do something to take care of uh, the vampire because obviously it's it would be an insane uphill battle to be able to win that, you know, almost to where you have zero entry fee. And if you are to win, you get a hundred percent while if you don't win, then it's, there's maybe like a first, second, third split or some, something like that. Um, because that'd be pretty fucking impressive to, to pull that off with just having the number 12 quarterback. Well, I'm going to kind of monitor a regular draft and then whoever is undrafted and then who comes out of nowhere on the waiver wire this year, uh, just to get an idea of what kind of team can come together in the 2019 season. I took a look and I, I did, I used the same data with 2018 and the, the rosters weren't great, especially a quarterback. I mean, I think Derek Carr was the, the best, uh, the best quarterback that you can realistically get after a, a normal draft that, that isn't picked up. So, but then you can get the Philip Lindsay's, maybe the James Connors in some leagues, some leagues, maybe not. Uh, some guys come out of nowhere. Some guys don't, but I, I'm going to use the, the information in 2019. And uh, if we can figure out a way to make it work in, in 2020, I, I'd love to give it a shot. I always like doing something new, something different. So this is a, a really kind of out of left field suggestion. So, uh, props for Andrew for bringing it up, and uh, this is something that we can kind of look at for uh, for potentially twenty twenty season. Yeah, I think one thing if you can keep an eye on it too is, you know, check out and see what different maybe other leagues are doing in terms of roster size, because uh, obviously, like how many starting positions and how many bench spots you have will significantly impact what sort of players are are left after the draft um so i mean if you have a a 12 12 person bench obviously there there's not gonna be shit left over um but if you're rocking with a, a six six person bench and you have limited starting positions there's gonna be some talent left oh, that's over fair that could make it kind of interesting as the season went on but uh I agree with you. Shout out to Andrew uh, for bringing that up, and you know, hopefully, it's something that we can we can move on to if we're not inundated with well, <laughs> existing leagues. Uh, there, there's not a whole lot going on. I mean, uh, D12, D League, Mega League. Uh, we've got a few new members. Uh, Nico Brown, coworker of Andrew, actually just joined us in the D12 league. So, welcome to you, sir. Um, D-League has been completely boring for the last couple of weeks. There's just not a whole lot happening. And then uh, in Mega League also, I'm just kind of sitting around waiting for, for the season to begin. Uh, second half of our, our Dynasty rookie drafts are going to be starting up here in a couple of weeks. And then everything else will just kind of coincide with the NFL season. Uh, super Is it Super Thunderdome Dynasty? I don't even know what STDD stands for, Nate. What, what's going on over there? Yeah, so Super Thunderdome Dynasty. So really, I mean, we have by the end of this month, uh, everybody's due to put in their off-season waiver wire uh, picks. So really, we're just going through that process similar to the the other Dynasty Leagues with the off-season fab. Um, I need to go through, actually, and, and make sure all the rosters are updated with everybody's rookie picks. Um, but it's just... That, that typical kind of dynasty summer post-rookie draft, blah. So uh, really not much is happening. I know we'll probably end up starting to collect funds in that league just to uh, be it since the 16 men or 16 owners. Uh, collecting money is pretty critical just to make sure that we don't have anybody that just drops out midseason. Um you know, I know it's kind of been a gentleman's agreement that everybody's going to pursue through uh, for this and next year. But uh, regardless, you know, we've got to, I've got to collect those funds. So yeah, it's uh, probably going to be the last time that we're talking where there's, we're just trying to make up shit just to talk about. Because I, I think once uh, all the training camps get underway, injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to come out of nowhere and emerge as, as fantasy talent this year. And then our leagues are going to start going. Other single-season drafts are going to begin soon. Uh, 
the excitement's coming up, man. We're, we're getting close. We're almost to August, and uh, I believe the is the um, the Hall of Fame game is that this weekend or is that next weekend? Uh, I think it's the first week of August, but I could be wrong. Uh, it's it's not far away, is my point, that even now. if it's going to be eighth string backup, so it's still at least NFL football is finally coming back soon. Yeah, so it's oh, going nice. to be next Thursday, Broncos versus Falcons. So we'll, we'll have that. And then uh, the following week, that's when we'll have – a significant amount of games uh, the first week of preseason. So, um, yeah, man, we'll have we'll definitely have more to talk about. <laughs> Seeing how some of these players actually uh, start performing, in some of these third stringers, and I'm sure some players are going to get overhyped. Well, uh, even without uh, a whole lot going on right now, we still manage 51 minutes and change, and. Cannot hear you, Tony. All right, with that said, I think I lost Tony. Um, but we'll. Are you back? Okay. Hello. Oh, did my phone stop working again? Hello. No, it's just my shitty phone. phone Sorry, man. That, that was probably on me. It kind of cuts out from time to time. How, how much? How much did you hear before it stopped it stopped working? Uh, nothing. It started sounding like. Oh yeah, I think my phone was calling me, and then I just kind of ignored her. She'll she'll live. So. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, so should we I think we're almost there. A couple of minutes. Uh, just one thing I mentioned though is that you were talking about kind of expanding the 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 scope of this podcast from just fantasy football into kind of other components of life, whether that was gambling or, or sports or like, a, yes. like athletics or, or whatever else. Uh, did you have anything in mind you wanted to kind of, kind of bring up first before anything else? Uh, I mean, not particularly yet. I mean, I think, man, I've always wanted to do a podcast for a long time. And I, I think even from our first podcast to this podcast, I mean, I could tell a, a significant difference and hopefully our 14 listeners <laughs> will notice a difference as well. Um, but that's the thing is, you know, I would like to, to see it kind of shift from not just 100% fantasy to, to some other cool material, uh, maybe happenings that's uh, going on in Houston or like you said, if it's gambling if it's just any anything that we want to talk about um so i don't have anything particular at this moment but i can i can run on anything that you bring up (laughs) so if there's anything you want to chat about all i know is that our our it's i guarantee it's 12 plus us uh but for for those dozen people you were there when all this started. So when we're the next fucking Howard Stearns or Rush Limbaugh's or whatever in the world, you were there from the beginning. So, so thank you for your support. Hey, when when do I start getting paid for this, Nate? Um, so funny that you ask. So last when I when I did this the first podcast for us, I mean I was. I was stealing sound bites from audio. I probably shouldn't have stole sound bites from. Um, and 
it it got published on Spotify and a couple other places, but we got flagged by Apple. Um, so it did not go to iTunes. Um, so this podcast, I'll make sure that all of our stuff is royalty free. So we'll actually get uh, pushed onto all formats, which means that we can actually gather um, or receive funds for uh, listens. Now that might equate to like 14 cents, but uh, we'll start getting paid. So I think in terms of topics, you know, there's a lot of different things that we can, I think it'd be fun to bring in our different owners and potentially even bring in guests and, you know, we can, we can have somebody come in and talk to us about poker. We can have somebody come in and talk to us about beer. Uh, We can have somebody come in here and talk to us about aliens. Uh, I think actually Trent Blackburn checks all three of those boxes now. So, We have we have plenty to talk about, man. Uh, and I'd love to, to to turn into that format where we give a a good a good dose of fantasy football, and then we shift into something else. And maybe we have a a completely different podcast altogether for to handle other stuff. But uh, we do that. Well, I, I, I think that now that I know this is monetized, I have just now decided that this is going to be my daughter's college fund. No, no, no money elsewhere. Just the podcast. <laughs> so I'm kind of leaning on you, the the dedicated listeners, to, to put my kid through college. So uh, it's it's in your balls in your core now, guys. And nobody wants to not send her to college. So you need listeners next week. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pick that. Up. Hey, we'll, we'll get there if we can. If we can expand from fourteen to eighteen, awesome. Now, I, I do wonder who those random four people are that we don't know, and uh, maybe we should stop saying people's last names and just refer to them. And who lives <laughs> in fourteen twenty six Um But seriously, dude, I I don't know. I mean, do you? Before I know we're kind of getting to the tail end, but do you I'm listen gonna to have any to podcast yourself lameness and and say that I don't right now. I, I used to do just a little bit of that from beer making and obviously fantasy football on on various uh, formats. Uh, lately, haven't really gotten into it, so I, I was curious what, what how you wanted to approach this. So I, I'm pretty happy how this is going. But uh, yeah, is there one that you like to kind of emulate, or the one that you want to kind of borrow from a little bit? And I, I wouldn't say so much emulate. I would say that there's there's a few that I enjoy listening to. I think the first one is uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience, um, mainly just because he brings in so many weird uh, guests that it's just so interesting to listen to. I mean, he'll have MMA fighters, he'll have philosophers, he'll have physicists, scientists, he'll have comedians. You know, it's the really cool thing about podcasts, I think, is, I mean, it's this long session talk that's uninterrupted, unscripted, that you feel like you're in this conversation with people. Like the people that listen, like all of our friends and whoever that listens to this podcast, I mean, they're going to feel like they're they're actually there chatting with us. And there's nothing for me more entertaining when I'm driving on the highway mindlessly listening to these, these conversations, you know? Um, and I, I think, you know, if I wanted to emulate something, you know, I think eventually it would be to, to bring in guests and to get different perspective and to have the conversations with other people and, uh, to be able to, to do that, you know, even if it's, we go around Houston and get perspective from other people on different stuff. Um, who knows? I don't know what it'll evolve to be, but well, I'm looking forward to what this uh, this turns into over time. So, uh, Nate, I'm thinking we're probably finished here. I'm counting eight seconds before we hit the one hour mark. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we close out? Not a thing, man. I, this, I think this, this went pretty well. well uh, I guess we're out of here, guys. Yep. Take care. We're Thanks, out, guys. and uh, we'll see you guys next week.